this week on The Startup Life. When you're radiating a certain energy or a certain emotion, you're going to attract that to yourself. And it's almost kind of, I mean, I just try it and like try it and observe. All right, Startup Nation. So let's take flight with Kayla Philo, creator of MirrorYourBrillianceOnVideo.com. Startup Life begins now. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. You'll never have the sacred stone. <laughs> oh, this you crazy mother. Hey, Startup Nation. Do you enjoy the startup life? Now you can let the world know with gear from the show. Choose from the label yourself, make your own look, and making money t-shirts to tell your story of your path of entrepreneurship. Click the link in the show notes to purchase. All right, Startup Nation. So I hope you're ready to receive some value today. We got a special guest in the building today. We have Kayla Philo of Mirror, Mirror Your Brilliance on video.com. How's it going, Kayla? It's going awesome, Dominic. Thank you so much for having me. No worries. No worries. Are you ready to pour some knowledge in the startup nation today? I am on fire ready. Yes. Oh, let's do it. So as always, Startup Nation, this is the Startup Life Podcast brought to you by the Binge Podcast Network. So, Kayla, first things first, tell us your story about your path to entrepreneurship and tell us a little bit about Mirror Your Brilliance on video.com. <laughs> well, thanks for that. So my path to entrepreneurship began in, I have always been a big fan of, especially female entrepreneurs all across mm -hmm. the world. For and, sure. But for a long time, I was what I call kind of an armchair sofa entrepreneur. I, you know, worked for myself for a long time, but I wasn't, I didn't have like, you know, goals around that. And I would sit on the couch and admire, you know, other entrepreneurs that were building bigger businesses and making more impact, to be honest. So about three years ago, I turned my life upside down and I sold everything that would fit into my trusty little Honda CRV with 90,000 miles on it. <laughs> and I um, to spend some time traveling, but also work online and free up funds and flexibility to up-level my network and try out some different business ideas that I had had in the past. Okay. And that was about three years ago and in true entrepreneurial fashion. Some of that worked out and some of it didn't. So I have pivoted since my first couple of ideas, but that's, you know, again, that's kind of journey, correct? Mm -hmm. And so what I've come back to, it's kind of interesting because, um, you know, we think we want to run off and do different things in life. And then usually it leads circles us back to kind of what our purpose is, even though we may have tried to reject that earlier. And part sure. of that was I was a marketing video producer for about 15 years. I worked with entrepreneurs and nonprofits on marketing videos for for the internet for the web mm -hmm. pretty much since you could do that okay because it became possible and i thought okay i'm not gonna do that anymore and i went off and tried some different things and but in the process of learning a lot about doing an online business i came back to video once again because it's exploding online and it's very exciting because it's also um taking off at the same time there's a ton of entrepreneurship happening online as well Okay. 
that's what I came back to the mirror your brilliance on video method, which what is uh, kind of a compilation of my 15 years of experience as a video producer, but right. packaged into something really uh, powerful and simple for individuals where they face their business to put into place to start to participate in this amazing wave of video that's happening online. Gotcha. Thank you for sharing that. I appreciate that. And Startup Nation, you can go to Kayla's website right now, mirroryourbrillianceonvideo.com, as we have the link there in the show notes for easy access for you to get to uh, that website. Thank you so much for sharing that. Mm -hmm. So Kayla, you know, I, I, I read that you took like an 18-month journey across U.S., Mexico, and Ecuador. Tell us a little bit about that. <laughs> yes, I did. I, uh, like I said, I sold or uh, donated everything that would fit in my car. And I started sure. on Montana. I had um, gone through some relationship stuff, you know, just kind of some midlife stuff. Understood. And Understood. I knew that I was going to be doing things differently, but I wasn't sure what that looked like. So I took about six months, no, more like four months in Montana in the wintertime, which was actually really beautiful. And I just I think I'm part bear because I went there to sort of hibernate and, and um, rejuvenate. And then after that, I came out of that experience knowing that I had a ton of stuff I wanted to figure out, you know, what was next. And so I worked online. I did some editing, video editing online because I'm a really good video editor. And that was something that I could do while I was, um, you know, anywhere that was their internet connection, right? So I was doing video editing and also doing a lot of networking. I participated in some email you know, um, business accelerators and at the same time traveling, you know, went to Ecuador, um, ended up on a nine hour bus trip at nighttime because I read the, <laughs> the ticket wrong. At that time, my Spanish wasn't as good as it is now. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I could have a, a little video about that, but, um, you know, I got there and I thought my ticket was for 9 a.m. and actually it was for 9 p.m. And so I ended up, um, taking the nighttime bus across the country Ecuador way up in the Andes great experience but um, you know not something I had intended and I got to uh, Cuenca very early in the morning and nothing was open yet and I was you know in this park it's super high up in the Andes there you know in the middle of that city and it was so strange I don't know if you've ever had the experience but I mean it's like I could almost feel the earth rotating because I felt like I was so high up. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. But, um, and maybe it was just, you know, elevation sickness or something. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. For but sure. I, you know, that what I think what that has to do with the whole, the, you know, for maybe for your audience, starting anything brand new is scary and you feel like you're in an alien space sometimes or you don't even know what's going on. Absolutely. Um, and the, what I learned from all of that and from the, the travel afterwards. I mean, that's the moment when I'm supposed to tell you, you know, that I had this clarity to send and I knew exactly what I was going to do for the rest of my life. And that is not true at all. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> what happened was I realized, okay, there's a lot of uncertainty and I've invited all of this into my life. There's a ton of uncertainty, but there's a reason I did that. And the re and all what I have to do now is just hold space for that uncertainty and not run out there and try to cram stuff in as quickly as possible. Because a lot of that ends up just being more of what you were trying to shed in the past, right? Because you have to right. make space for new stuff before it can manifest itself, you know, kind of within you. And I think that's in a world where, you know, certainty is rewarded and routine is rewarded, I think as entrepreneurs, especially in the startup phase, which can take much longer than you think. For sure. 
constantly remember and remind yourself, you know, this this is the new normal. Be feeling uncertain and and a feeling like maybe something's missing for a while is normal because that piece is waiting to come to you through this process of holding space for it. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing it. And I appreciate your transparency as well. When you talk about it was supposed to be this time where you're supposed to say, you know, that's where I found this piece of clarity or whatever the case may be, and that's not the case. And Startup Nation, I think it's important that you understand that like sometimes everything isn't gonna have that storybook ending, right? I don't think entrepreneurship is supposed to have necessarily, not like the, the typical storybook ending, but you know, a lot of times in those storybooks, they kind of kind of mesh over or kind of leave out the, the hard and the grimy parts and the part where you're like, oh, I got it. Like, oh, I don't have it. So I appreciate you sharing that, Kayla, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. No problem. And I think if you talk to any you know successful entrepreneur that's made it or read their stories or hear them online or watch their videos, they all talk about a time when they like they failed and they absolutely. felt uncertain and unclear. So you're exactly right. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing that. So let me ask you this. So, you know, I, I saw that you did some work with yellowpages.com and City Search. Tell us about that a little bit. Yeah, that was kind of where I cut my teeth on uh, filmmaking, to awesome. be honest, on filmmaking okay. video. So <laughs> back at the, I think it was uh, the mid 90s, there was a startup in the San Francisco area called um, Turn Here. And what they were trying to do was meet the need in the marketplace for local video but that national brands were needing to aggregate so for yellow pages is a great example because yellow pages is a national brand but all of the yellow pages customers they have tons of small businesses right right they needed some granular local video like kind of you know on the ground video but how was yellow pages going to make that happen for their clients you know right in a reasonable way, because Yellow Pages is not a video company, correct? <laughs> right, correct. Yeah, so that was, Turn Here was the startup, and that was their attempt to aggregate a lot of filmmakers, you know, in regional markets, um, but to serve these national customers. So what I, I was one of their first filmmakers, but on the first batch, it was really fun. And okay. So what would happen is I would get an email from my producer in Emeryville, who had been working, you know, who's working with Yellow Pages, and they would say, okay, we have you know, a body shop or a beauty salon or a dentist in your area, do you want to do their video? And I would say, yes, I do. And it was awesome, awesome on the job training because um, basically I would go and show up never having been at the business before. And I'd have about 60 to 90 minutes to complete the shoot. So mm-hmm. the first, you know, first couple of minutes, we're just getting to know the client. And of course, none of these people had ever been on camera before. Right. <laughs> and so it was... Uh, um, a fabulous opportunity to learn how to get people comfortable on camera. And I have a marketing background, so I knew the kind of information that I wanted to get from them. So we do their interview and then based on their interview, you know, it'd be thinking on the fly, okay, I need to get this footage or that footage. And so I was, you know, filmmaker, director, producer, and marketing consultant all at one time. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> I also discovered I was really good at it and I loved it. And so, um, I became one of their preferred filmmakers and I have a really great testimonial from their former content manager who's now with LinkedIn. Okay. Um, at any rate, I, I excelled at that and I was good at it. And that is, and I did that hundreds of times over a few years in Austin, San Antonio, and then Northern California. So that was kind of the way I, my grew my marketing and video chops was through that experience. 
Awesome. Thank you for sharing that. I, and I love how that's part of your origin story. How you said that's how you cut your teeth, if you will. I, I really appreciate that. I love hearing those stories for sure. So let me ask you this, Kayla, who or what inspires you as an entrepreneur and why? Oh my gosh, there's, hmm, boy, how much time do we have? Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, so I would say that I see entrepreneurship as part of as some people's way of just taking their human journey. You know, we're all called to take a journey, oh, yeah. whether we choose to respond proactively with intention or not is a different story, but the call is always there. For sure. And uh, some of the, and like one author that I came across a few years ago that really helped me with this is Eckhart Tolle. You may have heard of him. The Power of Now mm-hmm. um, really made him famous. And then I follow, just going maybe more practically speaking for business purposes, I follow a lot of, I really enjoy a lot of the business gurus online. Um, you know, Tony Robbins is awesome. One for sure. Is Janine Blackwell, who is the creator of the Six Food Courses. I worked with her for a bit. Uh, right okay. now, I'm working with in a program by Selena Sue. She's like this amazing entrepreneur who helps. She does a lot of public relations and and connecting of people. Um, the whole and then just the the online space for female entrepreneurs has been really inspirational for me to observe and has made me really level up my game just to be a part of it. Because gotcha. you may be aware that you know. Forbes has dubbed this the, and some other publications, the um, age of female entrepreneurship. Because For sure. It's happening online, and especially with women of color, which is mm-hmm. super inspirational. For sure. And so all of those things, you know, come together, I think, just uh, really kind of help keep me, you know, because you used the word grind earlier in reference to startup as well. Right. And there is that aspect of it. And that's why I think people say, you know, you have to, it has to be more than just you know, one or two things, it has to be kind of a combination of influences that keep you showing up to this every day. And then the last thing I think I would have to say is that nature really helps me. I make time to get outside every day if I can at all possible and engage with the natural world. And that's the most inspirational place of all. Got you. Thank you for sharing that. And I'm glad you, you must've read my notes today. I'm glad you brought up the, the, the golden era or this golden era of entrepreneurship for women, because my next line of a couple of questions are actually going to talk about that a little bit. Right. So one of the things I wanted to ask you on your LinkedIn uh, profile, you, you talked about the 1984 Super Bowl ad that Apple did, right? And you said that it was one of probably the greatest commercial of all time. Right. And I tend to agree with you as well. And for those of you who are a little younger uh, startup nation, uh, this is uh, this is from uh, 1984. It's like 35 years old. And so there's this woman, you know, coming through this line and she throws this like hammer or something, uh, you know, into the screen and the screen just explodes. And it really kind of signifies a little bit of what you're talking about, like women kind of breaking this. This, you know, the status quo and breaking new grounds and stuff like that. But, you know, from a video and marketing standpoint, tell us, break down that video for us. Why do you think it's the best ad ever? Yes. Well, I think that partially, personally, just from what I'm working in now, or the the fact that, number one, they chose a woman mm-hmm. you know, in 1984. I mean, it wasn't 1964, but still. Right. So that was, they could have just more easily chosen, you know, a Superman kind of figure. 
much more expected, but they chose a woman to um, be the heroine of that. And it, it also so encapsulated everything that they were trying to communicate about their brand right. uh, at the time. And even today is just how they're different and how they are, you know, kind of back then anyway, they were more like David fighting against Goliath. And, For sure. And they speak to every single creative out there that feels, I think, often boxed in by, you know, we have to submit and participate to some degree in a wider system, especially in the 80s, uh, mm-hmm. like a wider, perhaps corporate system that doesn't necessarily feed all aspects of the creative personality and work style. But Apple was seen as, you know, we're at least with you with that. And we are a way that, you know, you can continue to express that and, and we'll fight for you. That was what I got from it. You know, we're going to fight for the space for creatives to do their work and not have to submit to being, you know, one of the gray people chanting in the audience at the screen. (laughs) For sure. For sure. And also they um, screened it during the Super Bowl. I think it was mm-hmm. the first, you know, it that ad was the one that started the whole Super Bowl ad um, construct, you know, which now is sort of a known thing. Who's going to absolutely well, Apple wasn't an advertising company, but, you know, once again, they broke all the they like broke ground in an area just by being so innovative it wasn't even like their core competency which was you know advertising their core competency was what they designed the apple products but just such an incredible company and i probably should have mentioned steve jobs when you were talking about who's inspired you right just is his i mean there are not that many people that have ever lived that have had the kind of influence you know that he had via what he what they produced during his his time at Apple. So for sure, I'm I'm pretty sure Steve Jobs is on everybody's list. It's like I, 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 it would be hard to find an entrepreneur who Steve Jobs isn't on his list, if if not number one. Well, it's interesting because apparently he wasn't that much fun to work with. So for the, sure, that's that's uh, funny how that works. On a different list for them, but <laughs> right for sure. <laughs> but I think that that's interesting too. You know, to see how um, he just was so 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 focused. He didn't even have time to be polite. You know that's right. pretty extreme focus, and that we can't all go there. I'm not sure. You know, I would want to, but look at how you know the impact he had. So you got to balance those things out. For sure, for sure. Thank you for sharing that. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. So you know, Startup Nation. Uh, we, I mentioned that you know I was looking on her LinkedIn page, and if you want to follow Kayla on LinkedIn, the link is there in the show notes. Sorry for the repetition in the word link. Uh, the link is there in the show notes for easy access, so you can follow uh, Kayla's content uh, on LinkedIn for sure. Uh, Kayla, also on LinkedIn, you you had a post entitled "Get Your Smalts On: Valuable Social Video Video Lessons from Hallmark Movies," where you talk about not just the uh, uh, binge watching Hallmark movies, but you also talked about a, a, a very powerful video that I actually enjoy as well. It's the "Like a Girl" campaign from Always, right? Yes. And so, you know, you say in your post, however, that they kind of missed the mark a little bit, right? How so? And what can marketers learn from that uh, mark that they missed? Yes, thanks for that question. Uh, you know, first of all, I just want to preface it with I admire that campaign. And so this is meant totally in the spirit of constructive criticism and not, you know, nitpicking. Um, they had- Absolutely. And if I can add to that, I, as, a, as a, a husband and, and a father of two daughters, I also like that campaign as well. 
you know, so yeah, for sure, go ahead. Right. I mean, what they're doing is very empowering and and uh, bringing authentic girls to the screen, which lots more of that needs to be happening in an authentic way and showing their strength. But what I, if I had been producer on that shoot, I would, or editor for sure, I would have just made it much, much shorter. Um, the the strongest points of it were kind of lost because it went on a little bit too long. And I think if you were to watch it with that um, kind of lens in mind, you might see that because there were a couple points where I was like, oh, wow, that really, you know, that's amazing. And I thought it was ending. And then it kind of went on like, oh, well. And also just practically speaking online, shorter video is almost always better unless you're in a situation where your audience is showing up with the expectation that they're going to be taught something. Right. Or, you know, um, but if they don't have that expectation, then a shorter video is always better. Just pretty much always better. Gotcha. For sure. Thank you for sharing that. I appreciate that. So with all that being said, you know, we, we said once again that this is kind of a golden era in female entrepreneurship, you know, and I, I want to know your opinion on what is spurring this surgence, right? You know, has it been something that's been building for a long time, maybe even since that 1984 Apple ad? Or, or, or can you point to a singular moment? Because we're starting to see uh, the, we're starting to see more images of women uh, and not in a subservient way, but in a more powerful leading way. When we think about the movie Wonder Woman, or even if we think about the, uh, the movie Black Panther and how the women in that movie had very strong roles, not very subservient at all, but also as an equal to uh, King T'Challa in the movie itself. So do you think this is something we've been building towards to a certain point, or can you point to a singular moment in your opinion? Mm, I don't think there was a singular moment. Okay. That doesn't mean there wasn't, but I don't see it that way. Okay. Um, I think that we have been building towards this. And I think that the, the communication and connection that's available online has been the thing that kind of blew open. For the, sure. The underlying demand, you know, women have been sitting on their ideas. They've been sitting on their initiative. They've been sitting on a lot of things that, you know, act, action that I think that, you know, my grandmother could have done exactly what I'm doing now and probably better, but absolutely, have tools. you know, there's a, a, a woman who actually really helped with the understanding of the evolution of like dinosaurs on the planet, but all of her teachings were squelched because the male dominated infrastructure at that time, education and teaching infrastructure. They didn't like her for obvious reasons. So it's kind of a odd example, but there's, you know, probably hundreds of those kind of examples where if a woman had had the platform that she, she has access to now, basically a website and video, mm -hmm. that, you know, she would be like a household name now. Her name is Mary somebody. I mean, I can't remember it. And I did a short example video about her. So, that gotcha. kind of you. Um, so I think women have been sitting on that kind of initiative, that kind of drive, that kind of accomplishment for a long time. It's only recently that, well, the example of women of color, for example, I mean, they're starting businesses at a rate that blows away everybody else. Absolutely. First and immigrant women second. I think that's super exciting. And I think the reason is because they have been able to uh, find each other and find the resources that they need online in a way and the accountability and support online in a way that they haven't been as able to access in the cubicle world 
you know, as easily, right? For sure, um, for sure. And it's interesting because we see this dichotomy. I spend so much time in the entrepreneur space online and it really kind of keeps me, you know, positive and upbeat. And then I go and, and I look outside of that world and I see what's happening kind of, you know, in government and, and maybe some more traditional um, environments. And it's like, wow, they don't, this is my opinion, but they don't get it. You know, that what, right. things are moving ahead so much faster. And I guess this has always been the case. Probably some of your listeners know way more about this than I do, but mm-hmm. you know, the government and industry sort of lags what's happening in entrepreneurship, I suppose, or in what's being created. Oh, absolutely. And the internet's like a magnifying glass for that. Does that make sense? No, that makes complete sense. You're absolutely right. Government always on behind on every on everything. So that, <laughs> that makes complete sense to me. But go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, I just that's that was kind of the point I wanted to make because I think that that's that's why we're seeing this explosion of female entrepreneurship is because we now have access to each other and to tools and accountability and an open, wide open space to participate. And it's one of the reasons that I'm so passionate about getting more women on video. It, it, not that every single woman has to have you know, a YouTube channel, but I think pretty close to be honest, because if you want to make a broader impact with your work and you don't have to be, you know, it doesn't mean everybody has to do that. Like some people are very effective and very happy and content and adding lots of value within their local sphere. And there's nothing wrong with that. But if you want to take it to the next level and have a broader impact, then I think video is necessary. Like it's, it's um, the next power move for your, you know, your mission or your business. For sure. Thank you for sharing that. And I would like to also add, Kayla, that, you know, you also, you know, there, there's the the uh, the way to now you can control your own narrative as, as opposed to somebody else controlling your narrative for you. So I think video allows you to do that. And that access to, you know, the web and online, the Internet or whatever the case may be, allows you to kind of do that as well. So thank you for sharing that. I appreciate it. Oh, no, you know, thank you. I love the way you put that. And I'm going to totally use that control your own narrative because that's exactly you know, that's the power of it. Exactly. Right. For sure. For sure. So uh, I want to ask you about uh, farm shorts. I, I came across these videos, uh, some work he was doing for, I think, Go Local in Sonoma County out in California. Well, <laughs> the farm shorts was a project that I bootstrapped and produced and shot or filmed or edited most of. I, I did hire an amazing videographer, James Simmons. For sure out there but and then go local um actually approached me about using the content and i said well of course they're gotcha. okay therefore but yeah you're right um that was a really fun project <laughs> for sure for sure I, I guess i just wanted to know what inspired farm shorts for you like what made you do that because i, I think it was it was very interesting to highlight you know uh, local farms in the area to kind of show where our you know food and stuff comes from how it's sourced and everything like that so what, what inspired you to do that project yeah thanks for that question because it's still one of the favorite things i've ever done okay so i had moved out to northern california uh, and a lot because I knew I wanted to be doing more work in, around sustainability and this, you know, doing video still, but like helping the sustainability sector. And a big piece of that is our food system. Gotcha. And so I started meeting, you know, a lot of uh, local businesses and then through that local farmers. And they were, had these amazing properties, amazing, you know, characters, amazing personalities, amazing mission. And they had no video at all. And they had no budget for it either. 
Gotcha. And so I thought, well, what's, you know, the best way that I can help the region that I'm in now and uh, was to do a pilot project with, where we did some crowdfunding uh, around raising a critical mass of, or raising enough money to do a critical mass of videos and not just one or two gotcha. one of things, you know, is one video is better than none, but it's not nearly as good as five or six or seven. And we could get into that later, but right. I want to, if you want to make an impact, you need more than just a couple. And I knew that would, and I knew the stories were out there. So uh, the farmers were my inspiration. The changes, the, the challenges that they have. And, you know, you talk about true entrepreneurs. Now oh, I'm, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I was born yes. in Iowa and my, I had farmers in my family. I didn't grow up in Iowa, but I'm, a, you know, got that Midwest thing. Gotcha. So um, went back, you know, Christmases and, and during summer. So I was familiar with the agricultural, you know, scene in Iowa at that, from that experience. But at any rate, in Northern California, there was a lot going on trying to bring things back to sustainable organic and, you know, humane um, raising of the animals and all these. And the visuals were just, you know, incredible. So it was killing me that nobody was doing good video around that. So I decided, okay, I cannot sit here and wait for farmers to come to me with a marketing budget because it's not going to happen. So that's why I came up with the project. Um, and the, so the first version of Farm Shorts was well-received and it's still online um, at a, on the YouTube channel of my own old company name, which is Spacious Economy. Gotcha. At any rate, if you, if you Google Farm Shorts videos, you can find them. But they were well done and well-received. The unfortunate thing is I didn't have, for a variety of reasons, just not just business, but personal as well, I didn't have the capacity at that time to figure out how to turn it into a business, like gotcha. a sustainable project that I could make money from because everybody loved the videos, but not like who, you know, the farmers couldn't pay for them and the people that were viewing them loved them, but they didn't really, you know, I, I couldn't fund crowdfund forever. So right. um, I did have a couple sponsor meetings, but it didn't go anywhere. And then some other things were happening for me. So I had to just, I found that just let it go, but it was an awesome project. Gotcha. Well, seeing as that it was one of your favorite projects, you know, if you could, if you could do it over again today, what would you do differently to try to like, you know, kind of scale it a little bit? What would you do differently? That's a great question. Uh, I would have a lot more meetings with potential stakeholders and sponsors before, like I would have shot just a couple, maybe one or two as an example and use those to have a bunch more meetings around connecting support for the idea, you know, corporate support, or um, I did have a meeting with, with um, uh, the tourism people in California and that was a pretty good meeting, but they had ideas about doing some other things. So at any rate, I would work on the connections and the networking more than create the whole video project. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> But, you know, I was I was a video producer. That that was my lens. That's what I was coming from at that point. Now sure. I have a lot more experience around the other pieces of building, you know, a business. And Kayla brings up an interesting point when she talks about, you know, the venture of making those videos for the farmers and stuff like that, but not necessarily turning it into a business itself. Look, we all have great ideas, Startup Nation, but believe it or not, 
Not all of them are really meant to be a, a full-fledged business. Sometimes, whatever your idea is, is, is a really good product, and that's fine. It's still a part of the entrepreneurial mindset, the entrepreneurial experience. It's just the path is just a little different. So if you find yourself with an idea, and you're not really sure if it's a business idea or is better suited as just a product, get with the mentor, get with somebody, some business agency like a score that can really help you vet that idea even more to make you to help you make that determination. And look, you can still be just as successful, just as as lucrative either way. But sometimes we we find ourselves in a situation to where we want to force that square peg in a circular hole and it doesn't always work out that way. So when you think about your idea and you think about, you know, how you want to move forward on your path to entrepreneur, think about if your idea is best suited as a product as opposed to a business. Thank you for sharing that. I appreciate that. I, I, I did, you know, it seemed like you, you really enjoyed it and I can hear it in your voice that you enjoyed it. So I, I just, I just wanted to ask that question, kind of poke a little bit. Yeah. For sure. So you mentioned earlier about, you know, how entrepreneurs, you know, are very open to, you know, saying, not sharing, not just the, the triumphs, but the struggles as well. So Kayla, I want to know, what did you learn from your biggest failure? Yeah, I learned that I was focusing too much on production, um, okay. either, you know, because that's my happy place. My comfort zone traditionally has been producing content, right? Video, mm -hmm. editing, I did websites. I write really well. I do all that side really well. And so my first idea, which was called the Dream Test Drive, and it's still a great idea, but <laughs> but for some um, reasons that I see really clearly now, I, needed to, I did pivot and shifted. But I gotcha. spent, you know, way, 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 way too much time creating a course. And it's, it's a gorgeous course, handcrafted with lots of video and graphics. But I should have been spending that time you know, finding people to take the course and, and basically, you know, sales and marketing, right? Right. Sales actually. So uh, that's been the lesson from my biggest failure is to not spend so much time, you know, getting it just perfect the whole before you test the idea. And ironically, that was the, the whole um, pre premise of the dream best test drive was, you know, teaching women to prototype their ideas. And I guess it, it did work out because I prototyped it. I, I went a little too far, but um, I knew enough by the time I was, you know, getting like in, in the middle of it, I knew, oh, okay, this is time for me to pivot. I'm learning from my own process here. So right. I, yeah. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. Thank you for sharing that. I appreciate that for sure. So, you know, Kayla, entrepreneurs consider themselves lifelong learners. They're always engaged in professional development, whatever that looks like, podcasts, reading books, reading articles, whatever the case may be. So what does professional development mean to you and what are you learning now? Great question. You have such good questions. I try my best. I try my so best. Like you, you think you add a lot of value to your audience. So for me, what has been really fun the last three years is there are some very smart people who are teaching things about entrepreneurship online, they've mm -hmm. succeeded and now they're teaching others. So I would say, you know, professional development is definitely something I have invested in and continue to do so maybe, you know, too much because you can only process as, or I can anyway, process so much at one time and right. be a little overwhelmed. So I have kind of overdone it a couple of times, but 
I mentioned I'm in Selena Sue's. Uh, she has a program called Get Known, Get Clients. And it's a great kind of like boot camp around, uh, you know, messaging and sales and connecting with others and, you know, building a referral network. And, and I love the way that she teaches. She's so down to earth and, um, you know, because she's, a, I think she's an introvert and I'm an introvert as well. And so I really enjoy a, a coach who is, it, you know, just always, always so on, but that's just kind of more calm in, in their approach. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. And, you know, you know because the opposite of the spectrum is somebody like Tony Robbins, who's like a huge extrovert. And I, oh, I man. like listening to his stuff, but he's too much for me after a while. I'm like, ah, yeah. fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. At any rate, that's somebody that, you know, I would say professional development. And that's what I, the kind of stuff I'm interested in right now. Yeah. Gotcha. Thank you for sharing that. I, I know exactly what you mean because a lot of times, you know, and don't get me wrong. Tony Robbins, Les Brown, uh, Eric Thomas, they are amazing, right? Mm -hmm. But sometimes that rah-rah is like, it becomes a little bit overwhelmed. Like, look, I just need the nuts and bolts of what I need to know. Like, I'm inspired. Like, I got it. But I just, now I'm ready to have some tangible tools. And that's honestly why we started the Startup Life podcast, to kind of give those tangible tools, because we thought that was a kind of a voice. So I appreciate you saying that for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And I definitely think there is an ongoing market and need for what you are doing, which is produ- you know, producing um, content that people can actually take away immediately, you know, valuable nuggets. I mean, we yes. all need to be inspired, of course, but after a while, it just like feels like you're being yelled at. And Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. No, you're absolutely right. I agree with you 100%. Yeah, that are really going to move the needle in your business are those nuggets that you take away. Um, and Darren Hardy actually is somebody else that I follow. Okay. And yeah, he is, he has a, something called Darren Daily. And I mean, I don't obviously get paid to talk, you know, promote any of these people. <laughs> For sure. No, I understand. Help me, Darren Daly. He has a daily, actually is he's a great example of the power of video because he was the um, producer or not producer, the publisher of Success Magazine for many years. He looked at what was happening online and he himself didn't really have that much of an online presence. So he started with video. He dove yeah. in and in his typical style, you know, he batch produced a few hundred videos, started daily video um, email, like he sent up for his email and then you get a daily video from him in your inbox. And it's just a story around, you know, success mentorship. And uh, now he's got 200 something thousand followers on, on YouTube. And you know, he's wow. just kind of, he told, well, now he had a good list to start with for sure, but he leveraged that in the fastest way possible, which is through video. So, and his teachings are really good too. Gotcha. Gotcha. Thank you for sharing that. I appreciate that. So, Last question before we go to break. So uh, as you kind of, we talked earlier before uh, our session, I, you know, I did do a little bit of social media stalking, if you will. And so I did come across your, uh, your Facebook live stream where you was talking to your audience about radiating positivity and controlling what you can control, right? So mm-hmm. what was your motivation behind that video? And what are you hoping people got from it? <laughs> you know, that's interesting because I, I don't go live on my personal Facebook that often, but I just okay. I felt feeling kind of drawn to do so. And I think it was just because I, I'm juggling like a lot of entrepreneurs and people in startup mode, a lot of uncertainty right now. And it's right. it is ongoing. And um. And but I woke up and I was feeling actually pretty positive and kind of lighthearted. And I thought I just want to express why that why I am able to maintain my positivity, even when there's not lots of certainty in my life 
And then I know a lot of, I actually live in Mexico right now. I live right. in the year. Uh, my partner is Mexican and, and I moved here for, I had a lifelong dream of living in Mexico. And then um, okay. when I decided to start my work on a startup, I knew I was going to need to not live in Northern California because <laughs> it's very expensive there. And so I live most of the time in Mexico for several reasons, but part of that was to increase my, um, my runway and decrease my burn rate. So gotcha. anyway, that's the backdrop to me being not, I'm not in the U S right now as well. Gotcha. Okay. And, but I know that obviously my family and my friends, so you know, tons of them live there in the U S and I know that they are often discouraged by what's going on there. And I thought, I just want to share um, that one way that works for me to deal with that is, uh, you know, we've all t- heard probably about, you know, the level of like our vibration. And that always sounds kind of like woo-woo, like, what does that mean? I'm not vibrating. I'm just sitting here on my chair, right? Gotcha. But getting at this idea that we are all part of a, you know, massive energy field. I hear that. <laughs> Dr. Spock talked about being pure energy and yeah. And there is some, you know, physics to it that uh, we, we feel like we're these physical selves that are separate from the external world, but really it's not that we're separate. It's just, we'd have a different, different levels of connection. My daughter actually sent me a Sunday soul, a soul Sunday session from Oprah where she's talking, I think it's Michael Beckwith is his name. And he's a, a, he's talking about how it's not just our vibration level, but it's like, what are you radiating? And I really liked that way of, of interpreting because not everybody can relate to a vibration level. You know, one of my personally vibration level is a high or low, but we can relate to how we are expressing ourselves in terms of like, what energy do we radiate out there? And the point being that when you're radiating a certain energy or a certain emotion, you're going to attract that to yourself. And it's almost kind of, I mean, I just try it and like try it and observe because I do notice like when I'm feeling low or more negative, I tend to attract those sorts of reactions from people Mm. in the store or, you know, even driving in my car. Uh, But when I'm feeling more positive and, you know, working at like giving that out to other people's because I want them to have that too it's like the whole world changes and that's it. It does in a sense. And that's how we change our and shape our own reality. That's where that concept of you do create your own reality comes from is we have so much control over what comes into our psyche and into our lives, but we have to guard that space as if, you know, we're guarding what our kids watch. Right. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Because the more, Like if you're watching and consuming lots of negative content to quote, stay informed, then that negative content is going to influence you. So I'm not saying don't stay informed, but I'm just saying don't spend too much time with negative content that is about stuff that you cannot directly influence because there is so much you can directly influence in your life. Once you start to think of it in that way, that you're not going to have time to worry about the other. And that's what we're here to do. Create the influence that we can in our own sphere and then let others and help others who have, maybe they're called to work on a problem that you care about, but you don't necessarily, you know, have the time or bandwidth or expertise to do like to solve that problem where you can support somebody else who is, but you still have to like be focusing on what you're here to do. For sure. 
yeah. And again, you know, kind of goes back to why I do what I do. Video is an amazing way, whether you're in a business or just personally or in a mission-based organization, it's an amazing way to expand your influence. Gotcha. Thank you for sharing that. That was powerful. That was powerful because, you know, you talk about, you know, you want to stay informed, but you don't want to really soak yourself in the negativity, right? Get what you need, get out, right? And so I I appreciate uh, you sharing that because, you know, as you said, you know, there is a lot of negativity uh, going on. And so it's important to remember, like you said, control what you control within your sphere of influence, as you say. And then I think, you know, you can radiate that positivity, uh, even if it's in just your world and your sphere of influence. But I think that has a a positive effect, not only on you, but the people around you. So I appreciate you sharing that. That was powerful, Kayla. I appreciate that for sure. Well, yeah, no worries. And just like one last thing with that too, one way to reframe it too is, you know, don't let um, people steal your thunder, you know? Mm, Snap that up right there. That's important. Don't let them steal your fire. Uh, because that's what's happening when you feel your emotion level rising and you're getting angry about something or, you know, feeling threatened about something that you're reading that's going on. Maybe it's in government or somebody else's opinion. I would say that's a sign right there. Just go, Ooh, I'm going to take a detour and go the other way. Cause this, this rising negative emotion that I have, what is that really going to you know, what difference is that going to make? It's probably not going to make any difference other than stealing from you time that you could have been spending on something you can make a difference on. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing that. Really quickly, really quick follow-up, because you mentioned your partner, Sergio. How has he supported you in this process in building your company? <laughs> well, that's a pretty funny question. Okay. Um, yeah. Well, I'm just laughing because it's so unconventional. Uh, so, he, I think, had, well, he directly supports me and he's super sweet and uh, he's a, I don't want to stereotype, but I'm going to, here I go. He's like a, like what you would think of as a, a typical Latino or Mexican man. He's very caring, very sweet, very protective, um, super warm and, you know, expressive and he's, an gotcha. and I'm not. So he helps me find like he helps me access people in situations that I wouldn't normally be able to, not only because he's Mexican, but also because he just, he'll talk to anybody about anything. <laughs> and he's the most self-actualized person I've ever met. Gotcha. Uh, so he, and he's, he wakes up positive and uh, he's just doesn't, he's not moody at all. He's just a very, you know, lighthearted presence in my life. And he thinks I'm the best thing since tortillas. So that's nice to, you know, with <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. you know, like with my ego is really sweet to have somebody in your life who is just thinks you're like amazing no matter what you do and so I really appreciate that about him and I I do have to say I think that um if you're in the midst of the startup process and your partner's hanging in there with you then maybe just take a minute to thank them or send them flowers or take them to dinner or you know do something really nice because it's not I've thought about that before, like sitting on the other side of like, if, if I was me, you know, sitting on the other side of what I'm doing, it would, it's challenging because it kind of takes over your life. And, um, I've had to fine tune, you know, my life pretty much to support this effort because I really, I want to make it work. And uh, sometimes that means that he has to sacrifice as well. So 
don't know, have gotcha. you had other guests speak to that point before? Every once in a while. And so I, I try to ask that question because I think that part is important, right? Because like, I, I think it speaks to the notion that like, you know, a lot of people like to think like, oh yeah, I built this company by myself, bootstrapped it by myself, right? When in actuality, it was kind of a team effort, right? Like, you know, and at the very least, if you have a significant other, at the very least, they were there to support you and to pick you up when you felt down about yourself. And so when you talked about, you know, uh, you know Sergio, uh, you know, just saying nice stuff about you and stuff like that, I think that's important to share. And then on the flip side, like you said, it's also too important to say, thank you for your support. Thank you for being there with me. Thank you for my gripe sessions. Thank you for mm-hmm. just hearing me out from time to time. So no, that's, you know, we, we get that, uh, that response from people every once in a while, but I, you know, but it's not too often, but I wanted to hear your response to it for sure. Oh yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah, definitely. He's, uh, he's, I guess it's that emotional support. He definitely right. does provide that for sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. For sure. So we're going to go ahead and take a quick break. How you like being on the startup life so far, Kayla? It's amazing. You're doing such a great job. Thank you. <laughs> uh, thank you so much. All right, Startup Nation. So I hope you're getting great value from Kayla's content. But, you know, as always, we got to pay a few bills. Once again, my name is Dominic Lawson. You're listening to the Startup Life Podcast and is powered by the Binge Podcast Network. Hey, business owner, the startup life reach is growing. Wouldn't you like your business to grow with it? Reach out to us to advertise on the startup life. You can reach us at 901-857-4818 or you can email me at dominic at askalsolutions.com. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like this is a great music to have break on, but wouldn't this break sound a lot better with the same music, but your business being advertised on it? Need more content from the Startup Life, you say? You can now sign up for the Startup Life All Access Pass on the Binge Podcast Network's Patreon page. There is exclusive content written by yours truly, video content where I share even more of my business philosophies, and whatever crazy content I can think of out of that crazy head of mine. And at only $5 a month, yeah, $5 a month, this is more content for you, Startup Nation, to really get ahead of your competition. So instead of upsizing that meal at your favorite fast food joint, you can now invest in yourself on your path to entrepreneurship. Click the link in the show notes to sign up. All right, Startup Nation, so let's continue. So Kayla, if you would, tell us about, you know, Miriam Brilliance on video.com. And you have like a, a email list that people can sign up for where you kind of give like a weekly uh, content or some weekly value. Uh, let's Startup Nation know what they'll get from uh, this value when they sign up on that with your email list. Okay. Well, thanks for that question. Mm-hmm. The email uh, list is in conjunction with something new. We're starting for the first six months of 2019. I challenged myself to put out basically a video a day. Okay. Or some content about a video. Um, so I did a batch production of about 50 short videos in December 
and got those all edited and they're not all live yet on the YouTube channel, but they're all like waiting in the wings and then gotcha. So the way that speaks to the email list is so rather than emailing people every single day, which I think is a bit much depending on what you're up to. Uh, so on Mondays, I send out a curated uh, list of an email or a video a day. And so, and every day has a different theme. So like Monday is mindset Monday because uh, my audience is a lot of women and a lot of women have issues around being seen on video and camera anxiety and absolutely mindset That's Monday. Cool. Tuesday is a how-to tip, you know, just basically how do you do this? Just functionally speaking. Uh, Wednesday is some inspiration around video and how cool it is. And then Thursday is something fun that I hope to expand on in the last six months of the year, which is called um, Chief Video Officer Thursday, where I try to scope out and talk about something strategy related around video or give examples or hold other people up that are doing amazing things with video. And then Friday is what I call extreme makeover and kudos video, where I'll take a video and I'll just say, now, you know, if, if I were the video producer on this shoot, this is what I would have done differently, but this is what they did really well. It's kind of like that always video we talked about. Right. So it's a, it's a variety of uh, different um, curated videos, most many of which I've created that uh, speak to that, you know, if you kind of keep up with it uh, over now, you know, not everyone's going to watch every single video every day. Right. Right. <laughs> for a month or a couple months, you can check in with whatever day appeals to you the most or, or whatever theme, then you get a really good grounding in the, you know, and most the thing that differentiates my videos from quite a bit of other kind of video business oriented content out there is they're short, like almost every single one's under two minutes. And so they're mm -hmm. digestible nuggets. Um, then the other, so that's the video, the email list itself. Now, the other thing that I offer is like four different entry points to get onto the email list, depending upon those, your, you know, what is your most urgent specific question around right. for your business? And there's kind of what I call a video quiz on the homepage where there's four different boxes and you can choose one and it will um, ask you for your information and then it will send you some specific videos that address exactly that question that you have. So um, that's accessible as well. Gotcha. Thank you for sharing that. And Startup Nation, you know, you can sign up for that email list. If you go to mirrorbrilliantsonvideo.com, you can sign up for that email list. And once again, the website link is in the show notes for easy access. So Kayla, I see that you have like, you know, uh, a couple of different delivery systems for if somebody wants to, you know, pay you uh, for your services, right? I know you have the online course and then you have like the one-on-one -on -one uh, with clients. So, you know, explain the type of value between the two, if you would. So Startup Nation can uh, make an informed choice. Yeah, thank you. Well, the, so the mirror your brilliance on video method is the, what I call the silver level self-paced. Gotcha. <laughs> that's a program that you can um, engage with and do it at your own pace. I suggest three months. Uh, but, you know, people take up to six months to do their videos and some people who are really fired up do them within you know, six weeks. So it just depends on what you're trying to accomplish and when. Right. But that program is more self-paced. It's also the one that I try to keep affordable because okay. I really want to get this information in the hands of as many entrepreneurs as possible. Um, and it's an A to Z program that teaches you how to set up your and do smartphone video and it also teaches you how to keep it all organized how to interact with an editor or if you do your own editing 
we have a proprietary method for doing your takes that um, will save you hours in the edit and, or your editor. So anyway, it's a whole package based on my experience of knowing like that video production is a system and mm -hmm. you know different kinds of, you can do infinitely different kinds of video, but the system piece remains the same. So that's what the Mirror Brilliance method teaches is the system for creating lots of smartphone video. Now, why do I emphasize smartphone? It's because smartphones take amazing video and you can set up your own mini studio and you can you know, be like Oprah and, right. set and do your videos and you can create, start to create the critical mass of videos that I believe most coaches and consultants and experts and people who are the face of their business are going to start to need to be creating to really stay competitive and stay ahead of the game. So it's a way of of systemizing all that and keeping it organized and it becomes a valuable asset in your business. So that's the basic course. Now the, the two levels of coaching packages that I offer are the gold and the platinum level. And basic, those are just kind of depend on how much personalized attention that you need. Gotcha. For example, you know, in the gold level, we'll do, a, I, one of my favorite things is to do a virtual location scout where people take me around their home or office with their phone or iPad and show okay. me literally where they're at and, you know, where the windows are, where is the light. And I help them find a place to set up their mini studio. Oh, okay. That, yeah. That I, you know, is super valuable to them. It's something, a second nature to me that I love doing. And I mean, I had one client and she said, I don't have anywhere to set up. And I said, well, just walk me around your house on your iPad for a little bit. And we found like three places she could set up. So, oh, wow. Yeah. So there's almost always a shot is my motto. And um, so that's just one of the examples of like the diff like gold level, some personalized attention in the platinum level. We actually supervise the edit and that's really for people that are ready to establish like a business video presence, what I call. So to me, there's a difference between just getting started with a couple videos, which everybody should do anyway, I think I start somewhere, but then right. really starting to think strategically about what is my business video presence because it's an extension of my brand and who I am and what I offer. So that's what the, the, you know, kind of the higher level is the, then I have limited openings of those because obviously that takes more of my time. Gotcha. Gotcha. Thank you for sharing that. I appreciate that. So, you know, you talked about helping people who are consultants or teachers or whatever the case may be with setting up video and stuff like that. And so it, that's one of those service based businesses. Right. And so for people who are who have a service based business, one of the biggest struggles they have is trying to determine pricing for those services, right? Mm -hmm. So if you would help Startup Nation and share with them how they can set the prices for their service. Now, obviously it ranges from industry from industry, but I guess what I'm more so asking, how do you set prices with the point where you feel comfortable at that being the price? Because a lot of times people are like, oh, I don't want to be too high and I don't want to be too low. So help us find that sweet spot a little bit, Kayla. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, and it's something I've had to work on, to be okay. honest. And, uh, you know, I think most entrepreneurs have to think about this and especially new ones. And then I do know, because I, it's my audience that women struggle sometimes with, you know, pricing because our, these businesses become like extensions of ourselves and, right. you know, it feels personal. Well, first of all, we have to take the personal out of it and mm. we have to be clear on what we do differently than 
everybody else out there that adds value? You know, how does our unique difference make a difference for our client and add value? We have to be clear about communicating that. And then I also saw something recently from a coach called Carolyn Saldo. Okay. And she said, think about the value, like what are you saving? Like when you help your client with this issue or this problem or this process, what are you, you know, what are you saving them from having to do? Like how many hours would they have to spend to do X, Y, and Z without you versus if you come in with your, your system or your process or, you know, whatever your um, unique talent is, you help them succeed in an area that they were struggling before. And usually that means saving them quite a bit of time or enabling them to offer more value to their clients. So that's how you start to look at how do you add value? You know, cause mm-hmm. I can look at like with my packages, right? I can look at, okay, this is what my hourly rate is. This is how long it takes me. And then there's a sum at the bottom, right? Right. But you have to look at, well, yeah, but that's how long it takes me. And I know how to do this. I'm saving my clients double that amount of time and mm. their hourly rate is X, Y, Z. So right. It's a balance. Does that make sense? No, that makes complete sense. You're absolutely right. That balance that you speak of for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Thank you for sharing that. So really quickly, Kayla, you know, you know, because you, you talked about how you was helping a client and how like I had nowhere to shoot in my house, but you found three spots and we talk about the ease of, you know, using smartphone cameras to kind of, and how that technology has greatly advanced from just a few years ago to kind of shoot those videos and stuff like that. So with that being said, with, you know, and, and the ease and the affordability of like, you know, uh, like lighting and stuff like that, then you can go to Amazon and get a whole lighting equipment for under a hundred dollars now. Right. Mm-hmm. But explain to entrepreneurs that if you don't use video, especially in a 21st century uh, marketplace and economy where everybody's competing for everybody's attention. If you don't use video, why will you fall behind your competition? <laughs> I love this question. It is because, so to, if your business depends upon engaging, influencing an online audience and part of that, be, you know, influencing them to the degree where they want to work with you. So that's part of the no like, and trust factor, correct? And they have to know and like you and trust you before they will work with you. Right. And the fastest way to short circuit that process or to shorten it, I guess I should say, you know, um, there, you know, the sales journey that your customer goes through or your, your prospect goes through to become a customer, you can shorten that so much with video because they're actually seeing you. And as humans, and I have, of course, a short video about this, but um, as humans, we are drawn to motion and image, images, and then motion, and you add sound to that, and we become mesmerized. And then right. you add a, a person's face to that. And, you know, you think about a baby that's looking at you, and where are they staring? You know, they're not really staring usually at your ears or your chin. They're looking at your eyes. They're trying to figure out, is this somebody I can trust or not? And so this starts really, really way back down you know, deep in our childhood. And so if you um, start to create videos where you are showing up, you know, professionally, but as your authentic self and, and being clear about what you do differently that's valuable, you are going to attract the right kind of people to you because they're going to see you and resonate with that. And they're going to want to know more. 
much more so than if they read a blog post because number one, it's harder to get them to read a blog post and it's much easier to get them to watch a video for the reasons I just said, we're just more engaged with video. For sure. Uh, yeah. So you can shorten the no like and trust factor. I mean, in my process, you know, people have, uh, who are interested in working with me, they have spent probably five, maybe 10 minutes on video with me, like having seen my videos before we even have our first conversation. Now that's pretty helpful. Right. The sales process, because once we found, once we have the conversation, they already know if they like or trust me, if they didn't, you know, we wouldn't be having the conversation. <laughs> right. right. For sure. So it, and it's also, and some people are worried about this. Like, what if I, what if, you know, somebody doesn't like my video? Well, that's actually a good thing because we don't have time to spend anymore with people who aren't like uh, a good fit for what we have to offer. And that's why, again, it's so important to be authentic because you don't want to attract uh, clients that, you know, don't really fit what you have to offer and vice versa by, you know, trying to sort of be something that you're not on camera. Does that make sense? No, that makes complete sense. You're yeah. absolutely right, for sure. Yeah. So video is a great filter. It's like the best sales assistant out there. Um, it absolutely is. Yeah, it, it's a great filter. It helps speed up the no like and trust piece. And um, that's why I believe it's going to be harder to stay competitive if you're not doing video. And even, I mean, I have people who have told me, well, I get all my clients locally. You know, I don't, I just get me in the room and I, I'm fine. I'm like, yeah, I understand that. And that's a great advantage for now, but I don't think that's going to serve you know, people well going forward because the people that they're meeting, you know, they have an internet connection and that's, they're starting to look not just at their local chamber event, but they're also looking online and there's right. you know, amazing coaching programs online now. So um, the good and the bad news is the competition has expanded way beyond your local hometown. It's like, mm -hmm. it's out there. <laughs> Absolutely. You're speaking gold there, Kayla. You're absolutely right, for sure. For sure. I, I saw that you posted a video of a, of a young woman smiling in the grass or whatever, and the camera zooms out all the way out into space, right? Mm-hmm. And, and then I, I saw that you were uh, in Montana recently, I believe, looking at the Mars lander uh, on the video, wherever the case may be. And I saw, and you've already mentioned earlier that you're maybe a bit of a Trekkie when you mention Spock. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so I guess I wanted to know, you know, do you, you clearly have this fascination with space and, and stuff like that. Where does that come from? Have you always been like that? No, I haven't. Okay. Um, and I, I can't say it's like a super, you know, scientific thing that I know much about space. Okay. I'm not like super well read in that area, but I, what, what has sparked my fascination around it, and I guess I kind of curiously keep coming back to it, is mm -hmm. I did read something a few years ago that said, you know, the spaciousness of the universe is present within us, mm. it's just at a smaller scale. I hear that. So, like the space between, you know, the atoms or the um, protons and stuff, you know, that make like inside our bodies. Right. That, spaciousness is present it's just at a much 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 smaller scale and that blew me away because I'm thinking then it it well it just helped me see how relative literally you know all right. of this and so I really like those uh, like the, the video that was uh, shared online was the power of 10 when mm. they start you know they had there's a woman laying in on the grass in the park and they go 10 10 meters out from her and they stop and they go 10 meters out and then 10 meters out or no, it's 10 and then 10 times 10 is a hundred. Anyway, it's yes. 
And it goes all the way out to as far as they know of the border of the universe. Right. And it's, I don't know, you know, sometimes when you're having a bad day and something, you know, somebody cuts you off in the grocery line or whatever, and then you just, <laughs> you know, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> right. In the grand scheme of it all. Right. Right. And also just think about the fact that, you know, you're even a person is even here on the earth. The chances of you being born are, you know, like one in a billion as well. It's absolutely uh, every single person is like this incredible miracle. And then we're operating on this tiny, tiny little planet in the midst of this huge universe. And obviously I can't even get my head around it, but it helps me to stay more grounded just to know that all that spaciousness is out there. And really, you know, in the end, if I continue to check in with myself and just serve, you know, others more and more and more, then things are going to be okay. Got you. Got you. Thank you for sharing that. I appreciate that. I also saw that ski season started uh, recently. And so uh, it seems like that seems like a, a, a nice hobby that you have. How long have you been doing it and what made you take that hobby up? Well, I actually, that's a, it's kind of like a renewed love affair. So I okay. skied a little bit when I was younger, um, as a senior in high school, I went on a trip and then I skied a little bit in college. Uh, and was this like competitively or just oh, recreational? No, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Okay. Yeah, definitely bunny slopes over here. Gotcha. But, okay. Um, but I, I really liked it, but it was expensive. And then, you know, kind of life happened. And then sure. when I went to Montana three years ago, I thought, you know, I'm just, I'm going to do this again. I'm going to go skiing again. And I actually, I had decent muscle memory around it. And also, you know, I, I am a big believer in, trying to stay in shape as, you know, I'm in my mid fifties and I work, you know, staying in shape is as much a priority as my business. Like it's on my calendar because I realize if I don't take care of, you know, this body, it's the only one I got. <laughs> Absolutely. No, you're right. For sure. You know, staying healthy helps me do so many other things. So being able to ski is kind of my big symbol for that. And it's also a symbol for what I want to keep creating with my lifestyle which is the ability to, you know, maybe uh, I would love to live for a few months in an area where I could ski, you know, several times a week instead of you know, just having to rent a condo and, and a ski package for a week. Um, I'd like to be able to incorporate that into my lifestyle while I still can and right. just kind of stay active in that way. And skiing is just being on the mountain is amazing. There's an energy in the mountains that is uh, very grounding and I find it really comforting. I hear that. I hear that. Thank you for sharing that. Mm -hmm. So Caleb, I believe all entrepreneurs have a superpower. What's yours and why? <laughs> uh, I, my superpower is, oh, I would say being really flexible. Okay. Yeah. I, I, am able, I invite a lot of change into my life and, um, I'm pretty good at weathering the, you know, the consequences of that. And I have, a, I think I'm not convinced for sure. Cause I haven't balanced this off anybody else. So maybe you can tell me, but I think I have a little higher capacity for risk. Than oh yeah, for sure. For sure. For sure. Cause no, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was gonna say, and I, you know, and it, it's weird feeling cause it's, it's strange to, you know, walk around sometimes like feeling really, really scared, but doing it anyway, mm. like for days at a time. <laughs> gotcha. So I think maybe I, I the, the fact that I'm able to do that um, is 
part of what makes me different. No, I, I, I actually agree with you. And I get what you're saying, because like, you know, when I was, you know, uh, preparing for you know our session today, I saw that, you know, you started, you know, quite a few ventures or whatever the case may be. Right. You know, from and we talked about, you know, farm shorts and stuff like that. And so I, I guess what I'm curious, and this is something that I kind of struggle with myself. Right. You know, the high tolerance for risk or whatever the case may be. It's like I'll get a lot of success or I'll get some type of modicum of success and then I'll feel like I can do anything. And then I sometimes feel like I take maybe unnecessary risk. Right. And so I have to remind myself, like, you know, Dominic, you're not Superman, kiddo. You may maybe hold off on this one. Do you ever struggle with that? Or maybe maybe that's just a Dominic thing. Uh, no. I, and that's interesting because it's something that it's almost like the more you step out there, you get a little, maybe a little giddy or something. I think it's true. It, it's so it, true. No, you're, you're absolutely right. I agree with you. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm not, I'm not a counselor, but here's maybe a possible, there's two things. So number okay. one, there's an adrenaline rush there and our, you know, we like that serotonin. We like that adrenaline mm-hmm. and it's maybe a little bit like, you know, gambling mindset. Absolutely. So <laughs> no, you're right about yeah. that for sure. Yeah. But then the other thing is I need something that's really, you know, going to get my attention and focus me because I have, and probably you do too, like an idea every hour. Of Absolutely. Like and I yeah. can, and the, the more like the current idea is requiring me to focus, I, the more these other things kind of knock at the door. Um, right. And that you saw sort of the evidence of that the last couple of years where I was trying a few different things and right. thinking, you know, oh, well, I can, I can actually keep two things going or three. Well, in reality, for my goals and the impact I want to make, that's not true. I had to focus completely in on, and I want to, you know, because this, um, the Mirror Your Brilliance on video has become, you know, the most interesting thing I'm working on, in my opinion, right now. So right. I, I let go of a lot of other things um, to make more progress on this. But having said that, I think that part of kind of piling on the risk, it is a way of, uh, you know, requiring ourselves like, okay, well, I'm going to make that investment in that program, or I'm going to take that little trip, but that means I got to make it up pretty soon, or there's going to be issues with, you know, Uncle Visa, gotcha. <laughs> my, my MasterCard or whatever. So maybe that's part of it is just that taking on that risk is a way of forcing ourselves to focus it in a way that perhaps just you know putting things on the calendar doesn't does that make sense no that makes complete sense and the check is in the mail for that therapy session i appreciate that for sure <laughs> okay for sure anytime. for sure so, know, anytime <laughs> gotcha gotcha so you know kayla i just want to say thank you so much for coming on the show once again this is the startup life podcast brought to you by the binge podcast network last question so there's kayla there's an entrepreneur out there in startup nation and they are they're afraid to start they're just afraid to just kind of you know, jump off that cliff and start their path to entrepreneurship. Talk to Startup Nation and let them know why they should take the leap. Because the desire to do so is never going to go away. I hear and that. If, you, if you don't take some action towards it, it's going to bug you. And it could possibly come out in a different way later on that is not nearly as pleasant. Ooh. So. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, because you're being called. You're being called to create something that you can only uniquely create, and that's um, and there's a big long you know journey in between that call and actually having that thing manifest. And you may not even know what the final version of it really and truly does look like. 
but anybody can take baby steps. And some and sometimes it takes just as much courage to take a baby step as it does, you know, to get the, take a second mortgage in your house to finance something because it just depends upon the support network that you have and your starting point. But I would say there's so much information online that structure your questions around what's coming up for you immediately in the moment and not so much in the future and just start to get those questions answered. And if you do that in a disciplined way, then you'll make progress without drowning. You'll make progress without drowning. Thank you so much, Kayla. And that's going to wrap up our session of The Startup Life. Did you enjoy being on the show, Kayla? I loved it. Thank you so much for all that you do and for all your great questions. Really good. No worries. Thank you so much. All right, Startup Nation. So here's my final take. Kayla understands that video is power, right? Because when you have that that video content for your business or for your idea, it really tells the story of your brand or the product or the service that you're trying to sell. And honestly, Startup Nation, Kayla understands that that's what your audience is looking for. They want to know not just if your product or service is gonna best suit me, they wanna know why that product or service is best suited for me to use to speak to those conveniences to those benefit words that we talked about saves me money saves me time or whatever the case may be and kayla understands that which is why i think her business is very vital and she is very much so somebody to learn from when it when it comes to making video for your business if you want to let us know what you think about the show have an idea for a show topic or like to advertise on our show please send us a message on the Startup Life Podcast Facebook page. And while you are there, like and follow our page as well. It's a way for us to engage with you, Startup Nation, and really grow our community. The link is here in the show notes. Subscribe to the show as it can be now be heard on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, or whatever your favorite platform to get your podcast on. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts and you find our content valuable, please give us a five-star rating as it will help us climb the charts and help more people find our show. Also, don't forget to sign up for the Startup Life All Access Pass to get exclusive content. This is exclusively on the Bench Podcast Network's Patreon page. And hey, if you have an idea, be about that life, the Startup Life.